Blog Talk Radio. Hey, and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, uh, Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today. It is our regularly scheduled Thursday show, although uh, I have done a little bit of a quick little shift in the uh, the format of uh, today's actual show, and I'll talk to you about that in a minute. Uh, if it's your first time tuning into Snake Oil Radio, uh, Snake Oil is my monthly column that I've been writing since 2003. Uh, I've actually got quite a few subscribers. If not already getting the uh, monthly newsletter, feel free to email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com, AventuraWords at Mac.com, and get added to the mailing list. Uh, anyway, uh, I am a, uh, an astrologer, numerologist. Um, I work with tarot, runestones, animal cards, angel cards, quite a few different types of oracles. I've done uh, personal sessions with clients in person in my home office here in Phoenix, as well as uh, by phone and all over the country, and actually Canada for that matter, too. I'm a published author. Uh, first book was Dirty Little Secrets, and I will be publishing Snake Oil Volume 1 in the next month or two. Anyway, so I've been doing the show for a while, and um, we usually kind of have different themes for each of the Thursday shows. Uh, typically, first uh, Thursday show, I read my actual monthly column. And then uh, usually we'll do an interview show, and uh, then I have kind of a... a usually maybe two shows a month where I actually do uh, a listener's choice show where people can kind of bring up their own particular questions or call in for, you know, five-minute mini um, readings uh, for a little insight into what's going on in their life. Uh, Even today, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, this added column that I did, um, and then uh, I will actually open up the phone lines in about 20 minutes or so, and uh, if anybody has questions about the specific subject or wants to just ask for a couple-minute mini little uh, question they want me to pull an oracle on for them, then we'll do that again. I'll open up the phone lines in about 20 minutes or so, so please hang back a little bit with the phone calls, and I'll put that number out in a little bit. Because uh, I do want to talk about the subject at hand, which is, uh, you know, initially, uh, originally this was kind of a squeeze-in. I decided to put this extra column out. I called it a snake oil extra uh, most of my subscribers to the column are not used to me doing an extra one. It's enough work to get the first one done each month, never mind adding another. But um, I thought this was, this was a really kind of an important subject and a topic. I had a lot of clients, a lot of people asking me about it, and um, I, I wanted to uh, to be able to, to talk about this uh, and, and give everyone some insight, as opposed to ask uh, answering you know this individually from person to person to person. So again, uh, a call. I won't be taking calls for about 15, 20 minutes. If you if you do want to call in, you're welcome to wait on the docket, and I'll get to you first. But uh, I'm going to wait a little bit before I actually do that. Okay, so uh, be patient, guys, uh, with the phone calls. Um, but uh, you're welcome to hang and wait. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to read this particular snake oil extra that I added. Um, it is called 111111. And uh, it, it's funny, I'll, I'll mention this before I even read the column. Uh, I had a number of people uh, you know, compliment me on the piece. They thought it was very interesting. Then, of course, I got a little higher than average slew of people that asked to be removed from my mailing list after this particular one. I'm not necessarily sure if it was connected with the column. You never know. But um, I always kind of find that a little bit amusing in that sense. 
Uh, anyway, so this this was uh, this was the piece again, Snake Oil Extra Eleven Eleven Eleven. And uh, let me read let, let me p- read the piece to you in case you you haven't gotten it because you're not on the mailing list yet, and uh, that way we can talk a little bit about it. Uh, I've had quite a few clients and was also interviewed by the Arizona Republic newspaper about it, asking me about the significance of the upcoming date of November 11th, 2011. So here's a short version of what it all means. All will be destroyed. It's the end of the world as we know it. Okay. I had to throw a bit of humor out there to start. It's highly improbable that the world will come to an end anytime soon, but the world definitely seems a bit crazier. There is no calendar date that was designed to end life as we know it. So what significance, if any, is there to this date? People often attempt to attach meaning to any type of anomaly or oddity that they come across. Sometimes even when things seem odd, they really don't have any really profound extra significance. Events and certain dates may still be personally significant to us as individuals, and this can make them important. Still, there is something worth mentioning about this particular date. If we look at the number 11 from the perspective of numerology, we also see the number 2 at its root. 1 plus 1 equals 2. In numerology, numbers are reduced to their root or singular digits to extract meaning. In the case of master numbers, 11s, 22s, 33s, 44s, 55s, 66s, etc., we note two meanings. Numbers have personal significance and specific attributes. When birth names equal the number or the date of birth, etc., when they show up in your numerology chart. The number 11. Inspirational, poetic, romantic, eccentric, intense, feminine, refined, spiritual, idealistic. We also see similar attributes in a more mild way with the number 2. Cooperative, artistic, patient, self effacing, perfectionist, timid, indecisive, sensitive, intuitive. We see an influx of people wanting to get married on this day. They're drawn to the element of relationship and compromise that this numerology date highlights. The release 11-11-11 sounds like a cool date and obviously something that is out of the norm. The date of 11-11-11 in some respects is acting as a gate or a trigger. Both before and after this point, we we have and will continue to see an influx of placing more value by both individuals and society around these numerology attributes. If we look at the astrology of this date, we note the Sun in Scorpio, while Mercury and Venus have moved into Sagittarius. Mars has just pushed into Virgo, and and we will be there for a couple of months. The Sun's place in Scorpio shines light into some of the darker aspects of life and asks us to look at where we have real power and where we may feel powerless. Mercury and Venus communicate and express an urge to speak our truth. There's increased interest and concern over individual and societal perceptions of what is ethically correct. This is highlighted by the influence of Sagittarius. The focused male energy of Mars triggers a push toward pragmatically solving the things that are broken in our individual lives, as well as in the structure of the society we're all part of. There are a number of events currently going on that can illustrate the shifts going on in our world. Most of my readers are sharp enough to see the correlation to the Occupy Wall Street movement and, and cities all over the world becoming larger and more influential. It's becoming harder to ignore. No matter what your political affiliation or perspective on this movement is, we can all agree that things are very charged up. There's a bit of a similar feel to these events that correlate with the late 60s and early 70s. 
Uranus's placement in Aries is definitely helping to create more of a fight in people. The push toward finding balance and fairness in society is actually one of the drives behind this 11-11-11 trigger. Another way of looking at it is to see that we are shifting from a predominantly young soul philosophy, quote, he who dies with the most toys wins, toward a more mature soul perspective. The young soul perspective is about climbing the ladder to achieve success at all costs. The mature soul influence is more about finding connection, acceptance, and valuing diversity. The mature soul energy is primarily about dissolving boundaries and exploring relationships. Mature soul, quote, we're all in it together and we can find a way to value everyone. So yes, there is actually something to the 11-11-11 shift. We're growing, shifting, and moving toward a different worldview. Typically during shifts like this, it can appear to be getting worse before it gets better. It can be hard to see the positive through all the current chaos, but we are moving forward. Okay, so that was the added piece that I put out there. Um, again, if you're if you're not already uh, getting the the column, then absolutely feel free to email me, and I'll add you to the list. The column is blind, copied out, so no one will ever get your email address from me, and you won't get any annoying sales stuff, except for the few things that I do kind of bring into play in the. Uh, in the uh, you know we're connected with business, so I want to talk a bit about this. Um, we don't. Uh, I have a caller that's in the uh, that's waiting, so I'm actually going to take this caller, and then I'm going to kind of launch into some more info about the. We'll we'll do that accordingly. So let me see if I can get the caller on the line. Hold on. And there's the annoying caller ID happening. I was to turn that off before I actually start a session. Uh, okay, 570, you're on Snake Oil Radio. How are you today? Good, how are you? This is Sarah. Good, good. Who are we talking to? Sarah. Uh, Sarah, okay, good. So you said that. I'm just a little bit oblivious. I'm getting the caller ID thing <laughs> bleeping in the background, and it like bleeps out sound for two seconds. Uh, you'd think after doing this for three years, I would figure out how to turn that off. But uh, anyway, we'll leave it. It'll It'll pass. Well, uh, thanks for calling in. Um, yeah, you know, I, you know, uh, I'd like to see kind of what your question is. Is it a personal question? Is it a comment? Tell me what you're calling in about today. Well, um, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe a question, but um, I've recently also gotten into like tarot card reading and stuff like that. Um, right. So I'm, I'm I'm working with it and uh, you know trying to develop you know the meanings for the cards that they how they mean like what they mean to me, but. Um, I'm kind of getting the hang of it, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it takes rough. a little bit it's of time. But it, certain things come to me and they make sense. And, um, you know, I find myself asking questions that I might, I might know so that right. um, so I could see if those are the cards and how I, you know, can perceive them and stuff like that. But sure. anyway, yeah, it's it's interesting. But um, um, I don't know. Can I ask you a question or... Yeah, you can. Um, let me um, let me just suggest something to you first, and then we'll, okay. we'll take oh, your yeah. personal please, question. Please, please. Okay. Um, with Tarot, and and if you listen to some of the past broadcasts that I've done, I often will will kind of remind people that uh, the Tarot is probably of all the oracles you can learn how to use, like rune stones and animal cards and angel cards. The Tarot is probably the most difficult. Um, really, it's sort of like going from addition and subtraction to trigonometry. Mm-hmm. So. That said, don't let that make you stop learning, but just be kind and patient with yourself that it may take a while before you get the hang of it. 
Right. I found myself, uh, like, I, I was studying them, like, you know, a lot, and then I put them yeah. away for a little while because I got, like, yeah, frustrated, it, you know? It, it can be very, very overwhelming. Um, mm-hmm. One of the suggestions I'd make, too, and this goes for you and any other listeners, is what can be kind of a cool way to learn the meaning of the cards is even, you know, do spreads every you know, every every couple of months and analyze the spreads. But you can actually do a um, almost like a morning meditation and pull a card, read what it means, meditate on it for a minute or two, and then see how it applies to your day. Um, yeah, I've been doing a, that, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to start to get in the hang of them. Because you've got to remember, you're talking about 78 cards and then 78 reversed meanings on top of it. Right. It's a lot. Right. So I think, definitely I overwhelming. think what throws me yeah. off a little bit is sometimes when I'm finding, like, the – the court cards, like in an outcome and stuff like that, like it's just yeah. I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, like, usually. Uh, yeah, that can because court cards could mean actual people. It could mm-hmm. mean energy around events. Sometimes may or may not necessarily connecting with actual people who represent those characteristics. And also another thing that you can see with court cards, um, a lot of times they reflect attributes of ourselves. Okay. So be conscious of that. That you know sometimes that's the case, and and, and you know, one more point on this, and we'll, we'll give you a, you know your 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 other question. Um, also, I, you know, I did a show a couple of episodes back um, where I went over all the major arcana cards and what they mean. So that's in the okay. archive. So if all you right, get you know look some at time at some point, go back over to the tarot. I think there was two shows that I did, and that will be really helpful to you in, in understanding the, the, at least the major archetypes. Uh, you know the world and the the fool card and all those things, and I think I did refer to a little bit of the the uh, court cards as well. Okay. Yeah, I've been, when I'm doing even yeah, even when I'm doing some stuff on myself lately, like I've been seeing like it just seems like these cards keep coming up, like certain cards keep coming up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, okay, it, yeah. You, it, it can be it can it can be a lot. So so like I said, yeah. be kind of patient with yourself, right? Okay, all right. Okay. So right. what was the question you wanted to ask beyond that? Well, um, and I knew this was coming, too. This is odd because, I mean, I've, like I said, I've been doing some stuff on my own with the tarot. But um, I've recently um, been reunited with someone. And I just want to see what you see as far as, like, um, what direction this is going to be going in. I've, um, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, because you've okay. got your own tarot, so I'm not going to... Yeah necessarily pull tarot cards for you. I'm going to pull a rune stone. Okay. And I am also going to pull um, an angel card for you, and then we'll we'll talk about both of those. Um, okay. So let's see what we get here. I caught the rune. Let me see what we get for the angel card. Um, okay, so here's what I'm getting. Um, the the rune comes up, the rune of, of possessions, upright, mm-hmm. which is a good sign. Okay. I'm going to suggest that there is kind of a positive um, opportunity in all of this. I'm I'm getting a little bit of a hint of a shadow here that I want to talk to you about. Um, it may just be a little bit of nervousness or um, a little doubt or, you know, stuff coming up as well. Okay. So I, I, um, but I, I like the energy of the situation and it feels positive to me. So the rune is called Fehu. And I w- I'll just do a quick quote from it. One of the things I like about the rune stones is they, the rune stones kind of tell you what to do. That really leaves okay. much leeway, uh, which I like personally because it's kind of like a smack in the face sometimes, or it's like a little lift up in that sense. Right. So uh, this rune is called Fehu, means possessions, nourishment, and cattle. Uh, he says Fehu is a rune of fulfillment, 
of ambition satisfied, love shared, rewards received. It promises nourishment from the most worldly to the sacred and the divine. For the ancient principle as above, so below holds true, then we're also here to nourish God. This rune calls for a deep probing of the meaning of profit and gain in your life. Look with care to know whether there's wealth and possessions you require for your well-being, or rather self-rule and the growth of a will. Another concern of Fehu is to conserve what has already been gained. This rune urges vigilance and continued mindfulness, especially in times of good fortune, for it is then you are likely to collapse yourself into your success on one hand or to behave recklessly on the other. Enjoy your good fortune and remember to share it. The mark of a well-nourished self is the ability and willingness to nourish others. So, that said, this is a great rune in response to your question. So, mm-hmm. I like the energy around it. Um, I'll mention to you the shadow part that I'm picking up, and that came through the angel cards. Um, okay. the, the angel cards came up, uh, the angel suggesting that you, you listen to your intuition, and you also get quiet, and you don't get caught up in too much outer noise. I keep kind of hearing a lot of people might have an opinion and a perspective on this, too. Yeah. And that you need to trust your own perceptions of this. Okay. And right, the other thing good. is, the other card I pulled is the ocean, which means, you know, there's something a little larger than life to this at some level that you kind of have to go with the flow of in that respect. Um, do you see the uh, this as a, a positive, this reemergence? I do. I do. I absolutely do, and I and like you know I appreciate my friends and stuff like that steering me, like saying no because of of some of the things that happened. Yeah. But um, like I I'm going with my intuition. I'm trying to give them like the benefit of the doubt, and I think we've both grown, and you know I can't really say that yeah. I've been, you know, but um you know he was definitely wrong for some of the things he did, but um you know I it, it's funny that you say that about bigger because like I've dated other people, and it's like he keeps coming up. In like the oddest places, not not and not seeing him, but but his name, it's like it's right. like I can't get away from him. You know what I mean? And it's pretty funny. And he had made a comment to me when I said this to him the one the one day I said, and he said, well maybe it's it can't all be bad. Like maybe there's a reason why, right. you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? And and I just yeah. I didn't realize that, but it's true. And I'm I, I'm trying to get over some things, um, some yeah. fears that I have. So Yeah, um, that's the shadow so part that I'm, I'm okay. picking up on. Okay. Um, let, me, let me throw another suggestion here because I, I, I really I feel that you're meant to explore this again. So, mm-hmm. And I believe me, I'd tell you if I felt otherwise. I'm pretty blunt. Okay. You know, and yeah. the feeling that I'm getting is I'm hearing that you've both grown a little. There's mistakes in the past. Um, I picked that up that you were going to get a lot of opinion about being, you know, very cautious here. And healthy mm-hmm. caution is one thing, but phobic caution is something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the ocean part I'm getting is I'm hearing that this is a very karmic relationship. Uh, there are things to work out with each other in that sense. But what I'm hearing is it is on better ground. So okay. there is more of a potential for this actually to work. And um, I do. I feel that there is work required on both parts, but I feel that there's a willingness to do so. So um, I'm going to say go with it in that sense, because I, I, I think you couldn't not do it anyway. It would feel wrong to to, to disregard it and to pull a, pull away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? It would not. It would not be a natural thing to necessarily do. So yeah, you can be cautious. But um, I'm feeling like there is definitely some, some learning on both parts. So this 
quote-unquote second round will actually go better. Right. I'm just hoping it's not. Like, I hope, like, I get worried about I'm pulling my leg again or something. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Absolutely. You know what I mean? And like, his just, intentions yeah. are out there. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and that's what I mean. You know, you're, you know, you got to kind of remember this. You're, you're opening up to the idea of, of getting to know each other again, kind of seeing where things go. You know, you're not getting married right now. Right. So, you know what I mean? You're just kind of, so when you remember from that angle, you, you know, if, if, if really negative things come up, or things that are, are difficult for you, then you know, then you'll deal with them accordingly. But I'm feeling like that there's there's something good in this at this point, and and I think you you kind of need to just um, just relax a little, keep your eyes open, and go with the flow of where it's taking you. Okay. Okay. Good. It's good. All it's right. a good sign. The the possession druid is a is a is a positive one. It means you know also can mean reciprocal energy, love wise. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, thank you Very so good. much. All right, you're welcome. Good chatting with All you. Right. Thanks for calling in. All right, thanks. Uh, Bye. Bye. All right, thank you for that call, Sarah. Okay, so I uh, appreciate the call. We'll put that phone number out there again in another uh, 10 minutes or so. want to switch gears back over to talking about our 11-11-11 scenario. Um, you guys can comment on this as well. Welcome, everybody who's in the chat room. Uh, Laverne, Nelly, 1611 and uh, anybody else who's been popping in and out, as well as people who are listening aren't necessarily in the chat room. So uh, today we've been talking about um, this 11-11-11 incident that's coming up actually tomorrow. Um, so it's funny because from a numerology perspective, because people think it's 11-11-11. Actually, if anybody who understands numerology knows, it's actually 11-11-4. Uh, uh, <laughs> because uh, 2011 in numerology is actually a 4. So, like, I mean, that's the universal year is a four. So it's eleven, eleven, four, and um, I, we, I know we love to hear eleven, eleven, eleven. I know. I remember back when it was uh, in two thousand six, when it was six, six, two thousand six, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's six, six, six. I'm like, "Well, technically, it's not. It's six, six, eight. Two thousand six is an eight. Anyway, that said, there's still a lot of eleven energy going on here. And it's certainly something I understand. My birthday is November 29th, uh, so of course I have 1111 energy bobbing around as well too. Um, F64, which is a 211 as well. So anyway, what's this all about? You know, I joked about this in the beginning when I read the piece about how um, all will be destroyed and it's the end of the world as we know it. I uh, always I'm a Sagittarius, so of course I have to throw a bit of humor into the situation. Um, but no, guys, you know, of course, the, the world's not necessarily coming to an end. Um, it really, it means something else in that sense. You know, typically when you have societal shifts, um, it'll often get very volatile as society makes a shift. And I brought two different kind of points here that this was somewhat of a marker for. Um, we talked a little bit about in the piece about the energy behind the 11. So, you know, if you look at... Um, it from the angle of the, the astrology, the, the numerology of what's going on uh, at this particular time. Again, I use one reference point, and there are many, to this Occupy Wall Street movement. Um, you know, it, can, it seems almost a little bit of like of a hippie kind of a movement at some level. I don't say that with any negative connotation, um, but um, th there is something to that. We had some of these similar vibrational stuff coming up in the late 60s into early 70s. And uh, so it's kind of cool in that respect that people are, are wanting some level of equality and some level of harmony and some level of balance as well. So that is one of the many triggers that you see uh, kind of going on here. Um, 
you know, it's this urge to kind of get things to be more harmonious and be more fair. There's another reference point in the piece that I talked about, the shift between a young soul philosophy and a mature soul philosophy. There's a really amazing series of books by an author named Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough that came out in the 70s and the 80s called Messages from Michael. Um, it's a channeled, uh, series of channeled books, very interesting read, uh, a little overwhelming, but very, very interesting read. And they talk a bit about this issue of soul age. So I do want to mention this kind of briefly. I've studied um, the uh, Michael material very, very thoroughly over the years. I teach classes on it. In fact, I'll be doing some uh, audio CDs on the classes so you guys can uh, actually pick up these without having to take the classes and listen to them at home and take your own personal classes at home. And they'll be kind of cheap, actually, too. I'm not going to make them expensive. So those will be done in the next few months. Uh, if you get on my mailing list, you should get info about that. But um, the um, the Michael material talks about soul age. You know, we're, we're dealing with reincarnational terms, and there really are approximately five soul ages on the on the physical plane, uh, on the earth plane right now. In that sense, uh, the there are infant souls. We go through a series of lives as infant souls. It, this has nothing to do with physical age, by the way. You know, I mean, you could be an infant soul who's thirty-seven. You could be an infant soul who's nine. And um, the uh, infant souls are kind of younger souls in that sense. They're newer. They're really just simply dealing with survival issues. Uh, we don't have a tremendous amount of infant souls on the planet now. Most of the souls have somewhat evolved toward baby, uh, young, mature, old, and um, uh, because it's too complicated a planet for most infant souls. There still are some infant souls. You'll see uh, some Aborigines and, uh, and, and some of the more remote areas of the world and in some in some places uh you'll see uh, pockets of infant souls but it, typically they tend to be kind of uncommon um in this day and age but again it's about survival um the baby soul stage as the soul progresses moves into a kind of a place where it becomes all really about rules and regulations. Baby souls are hardwired to help sort of take care of the infant souls in that sense and set up society's rules and structures. You know, uh, stop light, you know, green, go, red, stop, you know, traditional marriage, following all the basic things that we share as, as, a, as a species in life are really largely a baby soul kind of a construct or a focus of value, which is why you can sometimes find baby souls to be very rigid around right and wrong. Uh, you find a lot of kind of extreme uh, people that follow exactly what they were taught by their family or the hardcore Bible thumpers, people that often will take things very literal because they see things in very black and white terms. Um, very much, again, kind of a baby soul focus. Uh, the young soul stage is categorized by uh, a sharpness and intelligence, the ability to become more complicated and to really, really want to climb the ladder of success and whatever the young soul focuses on. Success becomes success at all costs. We have a lot of celebrities, a lot of people that are young soul um, in their wiring, and um, uh, it's not the typically the deepest of stages spiritually, uh, but it, it really is about um, that that urge to conquer the physical plane, to do well, to 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 climb the ladder. Uh, the mature soul stage of consciousness is about um, understanding. Uh, you know, at this point, the soul has has lived many lives, so there is that ability to recognize yourself and others. Um, boundaries begin to come down from the mature soul. The search for meaning, um, uh, alternate religions and philosophies and perspectives. 
um, mature souls feel the way other people feel, which can be very confusing uh, in some respects. It's probably one of the more difficult stages of, of, of life development that people go through over their lives. But on the positive side, some of the best art and music and creative things come out of mature souls, of course. And then we have the old soul stage, which is categorized by um, a level of detachment, an ability to see more of a larger picture, often a lot of talent, but kind of a tendency toward laziness uh, because you don't really want to climb the ladder that badly anymore. Uh, but often a lot of talent and, and again, laziness connected. Um, uh, old souls typically are uh, somewhat a little hedonistic, often very open-minded, very tolerant, uh, very mellow in their approach to things, and, and spirituality becomes the primary focus. So, the average soul age now on the planet, if you if you take everyone on the planet and come up with a mathematical average, the average soul age is now pushing toward what we call first level mature, early mature soul stage. So what's happening, and why I mentioned this in this 11-11-11 piece, is what's actually happening, and this has been going on for a couple of decades, and we're going to get another trigger with this particular date, but... Um, we're, we're making a shift between a young soul value system and a mature soul value system. So what do you get when that happens? Well, what you get is you get uh, a shift in society and, and really what it values. Um, we're seeing a lot more open-mindedness, a lot of tolerance, a lot of um, changes that are, are happening among people uh, in terms of uh, you know interracial relationships and and sexuality and, and the choices people make, we're really expanding as a world in a positive way. Um, the problem that we have with this, of course, is it makes the um, a lot of young souls very uncomfortable because what they value is being seen as less important, and then it's really difficult for the baby souls. Baby souls um, are really struggling because it can look like society's becoming too licentious. Um, you know, too too free. You know, people aren't marrying the way that they are, or having children, or following the rules. You know, there's gay people flying around, and <laughs> all these quote unquote terrible things, which are is hysterical. But um, it, it's throwing them for a loop. So uh, this is why we see such a controversy, and much of this is reflected in this in this Occupy Wall Street movement, and really in a number of areas. So. Um, you know, the, the planet's kind of being shaken up. And, and the good news that I have is, you know, guys, you keep hearing, uh, you know, I've, I've even gotten quite a few of them. I had people have sent me these these CDs, well, not even CDs, but these links to YouTube videos with people talking about all these dramatic earth changes and the world coming to an end and Armageddon and all this other crap. You know, guys, I've said this in many other shows, and I'll say it again. You know, it's always possible that the world could be destroyed, but it's simply not probable. Um, we have karma to work out. We have lessons, experiences. Um, we're going to figure out a way to do those no matter what. We blow up this world. We'll have to recreate another one somewhere and, and finish out our lessons on our experiences. So on a positive note, no, it's not really coming to an end. Yes, a lot of earth changes, a lot of difficulty. Um, that's kind of drumming around financially as society kind of unravels and re-puts itself back together again. But I just like to say, you know, for all my listeners, you know, don't get so caught up in the doom and gloom stuff. Um, there's always beauty that comes through, even in, in dark experiences in that sense, um, and an ability to, uh, to begin to come together. You know, one of the things that I, that, I, that I caught along the way, and I actually caught this on Facebook, 
was uh, I saw this promotional thing about a group called the Christian Left, and I was actually very impressed by this because it is really a bunch of Christians from all different types of, of, of uh, Christian sects, I would like to say S-E-C-T-S, um, that are kind of joining in with this Christian left, which is really about getting to the roots of Christianity, about loving everybody and being tolerant and being caring and being kind. And So it's actually a movement that's growing. And um, I'm actually very impressed by this. Uh, I've been saying this for years, like I was wondering when this was going to happen. Christianity, I think, has been hijacked, unfortunately, by some of the crazies and the, you know, the, um, uh, some of the most negative people. So it's nice to see it getting back to its original core and its original roots in that way. And uh, so, so it's cool. Again, good things pop in even during difficult experiences. And, yeah, you know, uh, the energy is volatile. Uh, but by the same token, it's because of this vibrational move forward in that sense. And you get a lot of people that are kind of rigidly holding on to the past and um, being very, very fearful and very afraid, um, you know, again, uh, especially for the baby souls and many of the youngs perceiving that, like, everything's going to hell in a handbasket, so to speak. It can look that way, but it's not. We're, we're growing, we're evolving, we're moving to a new level. And really, in essence, that's what, what this 11-11-11 shift is about, is about a little bit more equality. And again, I always say, you know, I ran this column and I, I had a couple of people uh, I've actually got about almost 900 people that get my, my newsletter now. I don't know how many of them read it, but I know at least there's 900 people that subscribe to it. And I uh, had a couple of people that asked to be removed, and I had to kind of laugh and asked after reading this piece about why this piece would have necessarily offended them. Um, but really, again, no matter what your political perspective is, one of the problems that we have is there's such an imbalance in, in society between the wealthy and the middle class and the poor. It's just gotten too extreme. You know, there was a time when you were really wealthy when you would be pumping money back into the world in that sense. And I think that what we've seen over the last 10, 20 years or so is there's a lot of people that are sort of stockpiling as almost a status thing, that they're a billionaire, you know, and that's where the cuckoo land stuff begins to come in. Because I always think for myself, and maybe this is an old soul perception, that if or more likely when I become wealthy, um, you know, I can't wait to get to do things like for animals and children and um, education. And, like, I can't wait to be, like, a philanthropist. <laughs> I mean, like, that to me is, like, the ultimate goal of being wealthy. You know, yeah, living comfortably and enjoying yourself and having some nice things. But really it's to kind of share that and move that and be able to affect the world in a positive way. And I think that, there, thankfully, there are a lot of, there are a number of wealthy people that do do this, but I think a lot don't, and it becomes kind of a little bit of a pissing contest to see who has the most, and um, that's where we kind of got a little bit of imbalance that a lot of needs to be corrected. So I think that that is is one of the you know the energies behind this particular movement and a number of other ones. So, yeah, the eleven 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 is an actual shift. It is it is something, but typically when we have these kind of pivot points and gates and triggers, we'll often get um, you know, a lot of volatile energy before and after as society makes its shifts. Okay, I'm gonna talk. I've got another ten minutes. I want to talk about this a little more, but I do. I said I would throw the phone number out. If anybody else wants to call in, um, you're welcome to. The number call in number here is one six four six two hundred three nine six six. Again, that's one six four six two hundred three nine six six. If you have a comment about what we're talking about today or a 
personal question for a quick mini-reading, you're welcome to do it. Um, I also will be here next week, and most of the show is going to be devoted to uh, time for a uh, little mini-reading. So um, if you don't catch it today, you're absolutely welcome to come back next week and check that out. Anyway, so it's open. Okay, so we've been talking today about this 11-11-11 shift and what it all kind of means. And, um, you know, numerology is kind of an interesting thing to study because not only do you, uh, of course, see it influence society, but, of course, even probably more importantly, it's our own numerology in that sense that that really is something that we grow, um, uh, that that we we become aware of and understand its influence. Um, I had mentioned this before even in my own chart. I got a lot of 11s. My, my birthday is coming up. Um, November 29th, which in numerology is 11-11. So um, I'm, I'm pushing in with this particular timing cycle as well in some respects. But it's funny because those numbers have a particular significance for me also. And by the way, if your birth date isn't an 11 or 2 as we read it in numerology, you know, if you have your numerology chart done, uh, sometimes your destiny number, which comes from your name, a heart desire number or personality number will come up as 11, or that you'll have cyclical points that equal 11 too. Um, if anybody has never had the numerology done, you can get numerology books and work on this. You can also book a session with me and have your numerology done too. So you can always contact me by email if you want to do that. So you might be surprised to find some 11 energy hovering around if you can resonate with some of these things. And in numerology, um, master numbers are always actually read kind of dual. They're read as both uh, they're read as as both uh, singular digit numbers and also the higher vibrational energy of it. So, um, if you look at the eleven as an example, and we'll we'll use this as the primary point, the number at its base we have the number two. You know, two people are about um, diplomacy and harmony and balance, and they absorb energy of people around them. They're sensitive. Um, 11 has the same vibration, but the 11 energy is kind of like a little bit more artistic or a little more creative, a little more poetic, a little more eccentric. Um, you'll even typically see a lot of actors and performers. Um, it's a kind of a feminine energy number, which gives a person more intuitive ability. Um, women with this number often will be sometimes uh, very, very striking in appearance. Uh, males with it will have a little bit of a feminine energy to them which has nothing to do with sexuality, by the way. It, it can make a, a lot of 11 men are pretty. <laughs> you know what I mean in that sense? You'll, you can kind of catch this if you check it out that way. But it really what it does energetically is it creates a disposition that's geared towards seeing how things should be, which is the gift of the 11 and also a little bit of the curse because that optimism and that focus on what could be and what's positive creates kind of an, an energetically enthusiastic uh, personality but on the negative side, it can create a little bit of a wearing rose-colored glasses syndrome, or uh, or little you know mini depressions when when your ideals were not met in reality. Elevens in relationships tend to see things as they could be. So magnetic people love the optimists, but uh, again, sometimes there can be a little disappointment along the way. So that's the eleven, and you can see why there are uh, a lot of people who are eager to get married on this day. They're kind of picking that up, that it's sort of a cool day to get married. 
Um, and uh, because, again, this 11 often has to do with relationships and relating to others and, and uh, the 11-2 energy that we're talking about. We mentioned a couple of the other master numbers to you since we're talking about that, and looks like we'll finish the show with that information for you. Um, we also have 22s, 33s, 44s, 55s, 66s. You know, a 22 would be a 4 in numerology also, but the 22, the 4 is about practicality and consistency and hard work. The 22 is about, um, you know, kind of like being a, a master organizer or someone who can organize at a very, very high level. Um, you find a lot of winemakers and um, and cabinet makers and craftsmen with these types of numbers, the 22. Um, the 33 is also a 6 in numerology, and the 6 means service and healing and, and responsibility. Uh, the 33 is a, a kind of a master communicator. Uh, we see a lot of energy around communication and expression, often a very artistic slant or a disposition that gears itself toward entertaining or informing or enlightening at some level. Uh, the 44 is also an 8 in numerology, and the 8 has to do with power, stability, mastery, success. And the 44 is a master organizer at the highest level. Uh, 44s often have brains that are a little bit like file cabinets, um, uh, they can they can organize and store information and remember things in a way that other people often are not able to do. Um, it's a very powerful mental capacity for 44s. Um, they often can do quite well in business and juggle multiple things uh, that way. I actually have a, a 44 personality number in my chart, um, and I could go on about that in more detail, <laughs> but for lack of time, we won't do that. Uh, this is always kind of good to the higher vibrations, and then there's the difficulty. And, you know, you can see this, you, you know, even with the uh, 11, 11, 11 you know, uh, energy um, and uh, the Wall Street movement and things like that. Of course, people are saying, oh, it's also a bunch of drug addicts and people having sex and getting stoned on the streets. And, well, there's some of that mixed in, too. You're going to see a little bit of that cuckoo-ness with 11 stuff as well, the good stuff and the bad. They're always kind of mixed together. But I think the bad is largely subjective, dependent on, on how you view it. Um, personally, to me, people, you know, um, being a little bit crazy and getting stoned once in a while or having sex or something like that, who cares? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, you know, people are human beings are human beings. When that's the primary thing behind it, we have an issue. But as an outgrowth, that's not uncommon. So that's that's baby soul anguish about everyone being dirty and terrible and licentious and blah, blah, blah. Um, so the 55 is a master number that also is a one in numerology, which means independence and originality and kind of a uniqueness, a self-starter. Um, the 55 is a is a energetic mover, uh, people with a lot of vitality. Uh, they can stir and move and shift people with their own energy of the 55, and, and sometimes they could suck the life force as well uh, if it's not focused correctly. Um, a 66 is kind of a, a 3 in numerology also. 6 and 6 is 12, 1 2 is 3. So it has to do with creativity and expression and communication. And a 66 is, is the call of master service, to do service at a very highly evolved level as a healer, a uh, mender, a caretaker, uh, a person who really can affect people through service in very profound ways. So I want to mention the, some of this numerology because it's very cool. The 11 is one of the more common of the master numbers, um, but no less valid than the other ones. Uh, technically, there are 77s, 88s, 99s. You don't see as much information on those. 
um, and they're less common. They're, they actually don't come up very often in people's charts because of the amount of numerals you have to have in your name to reach them. <laughs> so they're really not common. Even the 66 is a rarity. Um, okay, so it looks like we're down to our last minute here. I want to thank everybody uh, for joining me today. Um, special thanks to Sarah for calling in uh, and uh, Nelly1611 for hanging in there and everyone else who's jumped in and out and the other guests and anyone who may be listening. Uh, if you're not already getting my monthly column, email me, VenturaSag at Yahoo.com or VenturaWords at Mac.com. Get added to my mailing list. It's free. Um, you can check out my website. Information is here on the blog if you're looking at personal sessions or you want to get any of my books. And I will be having some CDs available very soon also. Information will be that, the, about that will be here on the show as well as um, in my column. So this is Jim Ventura. Um, I will be here next Thursday for the uh, last show of November. I won't be running a show on Thanksgiving for obvious reasons. So we'll give a little thanks in the next Thursday show. And as always, I appreciate all my listeners as well as everyone who catches me in the archives. Have an awesome Thursday, and we'll be here again next time. Cheers. Jim Ventura signing out.